you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. Okay, let's get this party started. Um, there's a lot that I want to talk about in terms of this reparenting series. Um, and of course, I just happened to be reading Untamed. I've been just reading a little bit of Untamed or as my husband said, I've already read this before. He's like, how many times have you read that book? But sometimes I read little chapters in this book. This book, if you don't know what I'm talking about, by Glennon Doyle. And it's just poetic. Like the way she writes, it's amazing. Um, so, of course, the chapter that I was on is exactly the perfect thing to read to you guys for this topic. Okay, so she says, One morning in the middle of the divorce... I called Liz to ask for parenting advice. Now, she's talking about her friend, Liz Gilbert. For those of you who don't know, Liz Gilbert, know her. She wrote, I know, I'm obsessed with this book too. And it literally just doesn't get old. Like, I can reread it and reread it and find things over and over again. Um, and Liz Gilbert wrote Eat, Pray, Love, and she's just a magical human. So she says, um, Liz doesn't have children, so she's still sane enough to have perspective. I said, I know, I know, I know that all is well and everything is fine at the deepest level and all that shit. I know all of that, but I don't know it today. I'm worried that I, that I ruined them. They're confused and afraid. And for Christ's sake, this is the one thing I swore I'd never do to them. She's talking about her divorce and her kids, how they're dealing with it. And Liz said, okay, Glennon, here's what I see happening. Your family is together on, a, on an airplane right now. You're the flight attendant and the kids are passengers on their first flight. The plane just hit some serious turbulence and the airplane's bouncing. Yes, I said, that sounds about right. Okay, what do passengers do when turbulence hits? They look at the flight attendant. If the flight attendant appears to be panicked, the passengers panic. If the attendants are calm and steady, the passengers feel safe and follow suit. Glennon, You've been flying and living long enough to know that while turbulence feels scary, it won't take the plane down. Turbulence isn't deadly and neither is divorce. We survived these things. The kids don't know this yet, so they're afraid. They're going to keep looking at your face for information. Your job right now is to smile at them, stay calm, and keep serving the freaking peanuts. This is what I told myself every single day during the divorce and a million times since. Keep serving the freaking peanuts, Glennon. Okay. That metaphor, I think, is brilliant because what I wanted to talk about was I posted this video yesterday by the Coffee Talk lady. Um, 
I don't know, her name's Jamie something. Maybe you guys know her. Um, and she posts, she's got a huge following and she posts all these videos and um, she really shares like a real mom perspective on things. And, um, and she just got a lot of candor. And so she posts this video and basically the video is, um, is talking about how her and her husband, they have like a, you know, like a marriage where they have a house in New Jersey and a house in Alabama and maybe her husband works in Alabama and they go back and forth. And, um, and so she was spending, she was in New Jersey and her kids and her husband were in, uh, Alabama and she's, she's texting with her 13 year old daughter. She's texting her 13 year old daughter and her 13 year old daughter is ignoring her texts and she's getting pissed, pissed. And the 13 year old daughter keeps sending her little snaps, you know, like pictures of things. And she is pissed. She's like, this is so disrespectful. Um, how is she ignoring me? Why isn't she responding? And she's like asking her daughter about her softball game. You know, she's like, how was the game? Whatever. She wants the lowdown, right? That's her agenda. She wants the lowdown. And her 13 year old's not responding to her texts. And so, so Jamie takes it personally and is getting pissed, pissed, pissed. So that night she's with one of her friends and she vents to her friend. She's like, what is the deal? Like, it's just not okay to ignore your mother and not respond to the text. And her friend says, wait a minute. She is responding. She's just responding on the platform that she uses. It's sort of like, you know, how people have different love languages. Like just because your love language is acts of service, you know, doesn't in your husband's love language might be physical touch and he's coming up and giving you a kiss right after work or, you know, begging you to give him a hug or to sit down and unwind and, and cuddle with you and you just don't want to be touched. Like, like that doesn't mean he's not showing you love. It means that you just would prefer to feel love by having him offer like, hey, babe, you seem a bit stressed. Why don't you go take some time? I got the kids for dinner or I'll handle bath time tonight or like that would feel super loving, you know? So it's like learning each other's love languages is just number one, knowing yours and knowing your partner's is self-awareness. And number two, it's also empathy because when you speak, if you want your partner to feel loved, you know, if she's acts of service and his is an acts of service, she needs to, if she wants to make him feel loved, then she needs to show up and, you know, give him a little hug or grab his hand or, you know, a gentle touch or whatever. And so it's not just going through life, seeing your perspective, but seeing the people's perspectives around you as well, which is emotional intelligence, self-awareness, all the things, right? And so her friend said, this is sort of like a love language thing. Like you're talking on the platform that you, you know, you text. Her platform is snaps. So she is giving you windows into her life. Just meet her where she is, basically. It doesn't mean anything about you. This doesn't mean disrespect. This means that she's, she's talking to you like a 13 year old, you know? And, um, and, and basically the friend was saying, stop making this so much about you. And I was thinking, how often do we make other people, especially like our kids' behavior, mean something like disrespect when it actually doesn't mean that at all? And I was thinking, you know, like 
it's kind of like expecting your kid to take care of you, you know, to make you feel respected, to make you feel like she's over here probably feeling guilty that she wasn't at the softball game. She wants the lowdown. She wants to be the mom that even though she's away, she still keeps in touch and she still knows the score and she's still got her finger on the pulse. Like she's basically wanting her child to stroke and appease her or to relieve her of her guilt. And so she's sending the text and the text and the text. And the child feels this graspiness and she don't want to, but she is saying like, oh, okay, here, mom, look, look, look. So she is letting her in on a window into her life. But I just think it's like, it's like, what do we make it mean when they don't respond to the text? Like, why is it a problem? Why is that? Why does that mean disrespect? And why does it make it? It's like, oh, because she's ignoring me. And so why is that a problem? You know, you make it a problem when you make it all about you. And what I want to say is, is that our kids are going through enough, especially like a 13 year old any age, but a 13 year old is going through the biggest transition they'll ever go through in their life. They're going from kidhood to grown uphood. Like that adolescence period is this time of transition that's like no other time in our lives. The hormonal issues, the being, you know, like all of it, the sense of belonging, the finding your place, a lot of times the friendship shift, like there's a lot going on. So when we make them not responding to a text mean disrespect, then we're basically like putting all our old baggage, our emotional baggage on their backs, along with all the other crap that they're dealing with. And that's not being the flight attendant that says, it's going to be okay. Even though there might be turbulence, even though we might be feeling turbulence on the inside, what they need from us is they need us to deal with our own shit. Like to deal with, I'm feeling disrespected. I'm feeling triggered. Why do I make it mean this? What am I asking for, for my kid? Why do I, why am I needing my kid to take care of me right now? I'm the parent. And obviously there's old crap coming up and guess what? I got to become that grounded grown up and deal with that. I can't place that on my kid. You know, it takes a ton of self-awareness to do that and to look at yourself for real and look at what you're making it mean and why you're so triggered and why it means that you're being ignored and dismissed and disrespected. And it's bringing up all the times in your life you felt ignored and disrespected and all these things. But when we reparent ourselves, we we deal with that shit. We heal that stuff. And then we don't place that on our kids. You know, the last thing the kid needs is for the flight attendant to be like, I hope everything's going to be okay, but I'm just not sure. I need to go buckle. You know, no. Like you're the you're looking at the grounded grown-up to be like it's going to be okay. We got this. We can do hard things. I got you. Like the kid needs the mom to be like it's okay. I don't like, I don't need you to take care of me. Right? Like the, like to need, I don't think a parent should ever rely on their child make to make them feel better to need that until like you're in, in until it's the time where you're like needing adult diapers and your child is 60 and, and they're a full fledged grown up themselves. Right? Like I think the job of a parent 
is to be the one that takes care of your child's emotional needs and takes care of your own emotional needs and finds other grown-ups to support you. But it is not a kid's job to take care of the, the, the adult's emotional needs. And I think this is a hard pill for many of us to swallow because um, I think, you know, many people, most of us were raised by emotionally immature grown-ups, you know? And when you're emotionally immature, you rely on other people to constantly make you feel better. And when you're an emotionally immature parent, you rely on your child to constantly make you feel better. And it's unfair. It's an un it, like they've got enough to do just growing and evolving as little humans into big humans. They got enough on their plate. They do not need our baggage on top of them. And, and so, you know, you had, and this is something that we, many of us read in the holistic psychologist book. She really goes through emotional, um, you know, immaturity in adults. And she talks about how, if you had a parent that overpowered and got aggressive and blamed and shamed, you know, you were raised with an emotionally immature parent. If you got, a, if you have a parent that, um, relied on you to constantly people please and make them feel better. They needed to, you needed to perform to make them proud constantly, emotional immaturity. If you didn't do everything just right and then they gave you the silent treatment or iced you out, emotionally immature. I mean, it really, it's expansive, you know, it's a big list. And so what we know is that patterns repeat and um and unless you look take an honest look at what was on the scene when you were growing up you're gonna repeat that pattern in even in nuanced ways that you don't realize until you really take an honest look at it so um so what i want to say is is this is i mean nobody wants to hear this but you got to stop making their behavior mean anything about you you know, when they have a shitty moment or a shitty day or a meltdown, it's because they're dysregulated in their body and their central nervous system is activated, right? And it could be caused from a number of factors, right? And so when you take that moment when they're like, ah, or I hate you, and you take that moment, doesn't mean that you're not going to have a conversation later and go back and get to the root of what was really going on for them and talk about, hey, what are some healthier, healthier ways to tell me that you need some help or you're not having a good moment or you need a little space rather than lashing out and calling me names? I'm here to help you. I got you. And I don't deserve to be, to, you know, to be called names. doesn't mean we're not going to have that conversation, but not in the activated moment when you need to right the wrong and tell them, you know, how they will speak to you and blah, 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 when they're already activated you're making it about you. You're making it about you and your ego's at play there. And so when you make it about you, it's narcissistic at worst and insecure at best, right? And that, you know, if you're narcissistic or insecure, are you gonna be that even keel flight attendant just serving the freaking peanuts? You're not, you're not. It's never a kid's job to take care of a parent's emotional needs. It's just not. 
It's just not. So um, that's my opinion. Do you guys disagree? Do you, does it resonate? Yeah, anything, anything? Nobody has anything to say about this topic? You know, you may say, well, where do I start? What do I do? I want you to find resources, you know? When you're open and you're starting to look at some of these things that maybe you haven't looked at before, um, the teacher will appear. It might be a podcast, it might be a book, it might be a coaching program, it might be a therapist that, you know, you decide it's time to go and see. It might be a combination, right? But what I want to say is, is that these patterns don't heal on their own. You got to do the work. You've got, that's the name of, of Nicole's. Um, for me, that's a great reminder. I make it about me. And, and this is what I want to say. This is super common. And if it was what you were conditioned with, you also have to have some grace for yourself. Like, of course I make it about me. That's how I was conditioned. You know, I always say Rome wasn't built in a day. Reconditioning yourself, it does take work. It doesn't just happen on its own. It is a constant daily process, you know, and you fall off and then you find yourself getting triggered like crazy and shaming and blaming and doing all the things that you said you weren't going to do. And then you take a breath and you have some grace and you're like, and I'm human and I'm going to get back on the horse. You know what? I And I'm going to go and talk to my kid and own what I did. Hey, remember when you were having a hard moment and instead of like, you know, helping you, I just yelled at you. That wasn't helpful. I'm really sorry for doing that. I'm really working on this. Do you know how you were feeling in your body? You got to name it to tame it. It's, you're important to me. Were you feeling angry? Were you feeling frustrated? Were you feeling sad? Were you feeling tired? Like, do you know what you were feeling in your body? If you take that moment to start naming it to tame it, then you start to move into the real type of support they need and they start to trust you more. And if you've just apologized, like that's not who I want to be. That probably didn't feel very helpful in the moment. When I started yelling at you when you were already upset about something. And they're like, no. And you're like, I didn't think so. I'm sorry for doing that. Not good. Hmm. Um, then they also get the message in that moment like, oh, I don't have to be perfect either. I'm allowed to make mistakes and then go back and own it and apologize. Oh. Wow, and it, that makes them trust you more, right? So I just think that, you know, if you invest the time and energy into your own healing, you know, if you can't do it for you, because frankly, you've figured out ways to adapt in life. You may not even be aware of these things, right? This might be a new conversation for you. And that's what we do when we're kids and, and we've got wounds, right? That's what a trigger really is. It's a sign that there's an unhealed wound there. Um, unhealed trauma. Trauma literally is it, the, Latin, the Latin meaning for trauma is wound. 
So you've got some kind of an of a raw wound still there. You may have developed scar tissue around it, you know, but when something reminds your brain of the wound, all of a sudden it somebody touches that wound and it feels painful. And that's what happens when our kids are not responding to our texts and we feel disrespected, ignored, all those things, all of a sudden that scar tissue around that wound, when you felt disrespected as a kid, when your voice wasn't heard, when you felt ignored or dismissed, all of a sudden it's opened up and it feels painful and you fight back. And that's an adaptive strategy. That's a coping mechanism that you developed over the years. So to heal that, you know, to heal that, it's like, I'm fine. You know, we can justify why it's working. It's fine. It doesn't show up that much, blah, blah, blah. I want you to heal yourself, to look at healing yourself like your kids' lives depend on it because it does. Like their lives depend on your healing. If you want to truly have them enter into adulthood from a place that they do feel worthy, you know, they do feel connected to you. They do want to call you sometimes. And sometimes they don't want to respond to, the, to your text because they're busy and they're not in the mood. And they don't, and the softball game happened yesterday. And just because you're in New Jersey and you miss the softball game, it's not their job to update you. It's okay. Right? They may just not want to. And it's okay. It doesn't mean anything about you. You're the mom. You're like, it's okay. Tell me about it when you want to tell me about it. Was it fun? Did it, was it a good time? Yeah, it was good. Was it a win? Yeah, it was, okay. We don't have to talk about it. I was just curious, but it's cool. Like, you don't need to take care of me. It's fine. And if you're needing them to take care of you, you feel like, like, look at it. Why? Because you want to be, you don't want that friend, that, you know, competitive frenemy to be like, oh, we missed you at the softball game. Like you want to be the mom who's in the know about everything, you know, to justify, even though I'm over here in New Jersey, I really am close to my kids. I really am connected. I'm not losing. I'm still winning as a mom, you know, just be on to yourself. If like, that's your, that's the, like the shadow side going on underneath the surface. It's hard stuff to look at. It's not easy. It's not. That whole self-awareness, emotional intelligence, blah, blah, blah. It's freaking hard. It's honest. It's like radical honesty with yourself. And when many of us have worn masks to protect ourselves and armored up, we don't, you know, it's like that armor has protected us. It's, it's very, very unsettling to release the armor. You know, to say to that friend, we missed you at the softball game. I know. I, she, I, I haven't even talked to my kid about it. She, she, I don't know. She moved on to the next thing. Tell me, was there, did she have any good plays? Like, you know, like you just let it roll off your back and you move into it. You don't have anything to prove. You don't have anything to prove. Because I promise you, everybody's got each other's numbers. And all of a sudden that competitive mom, when you don't have anything to prove, and you're actually honest and real, a lot of times what happens is she starts to trust you more. And then she stops that game and that bullshit. Sometimes not. And then you create boundaries, which is a whole other topic. And 
Don't engage with her because she's not your people. It's, it's okay. Um, so does anybody have anything for me? Aaron says, um, this totally resonates with me. Let, let me, I've been an emotional basket case as I referred to earlier and I often find myself crying in our public spaces and then I see my kids wear, wearing and I know that it's wrong and I need to do a better job of taking my deep breath, separating myself if I can't separate the person who's causing him to feel that right in the moment and then dealing with it after. And also, <laughs> you're my people too, Stephanie. Um, and also know that, you know, if you're crying because you're upset and you're dealing with it and your kids see you crying and they're like, is everything okay, mom? And you were to say, I'm just having an emotional day, but I love you. I love your face. Sometimes moms just need to cry and it's okay. Crying's allowed. It's, it's okay. You know, you can, you can send that message too. Tears are allowed. That's not, that's like breaking all kinds of cultural norms, especially with boys. Tears are allowed. It's okay. We're emotional beings. And just because I'm crying doesn't mean that I don't have, like, I don't love you the most. It's okay. So I also don't want y'all to put so much pressure on yourself to, like, be perfect. Like, more than anything, you, if you have these patterns, which many of us do, me included, um, like, we've been carrying these wounds for a long time. We don't need to add to our own wounding. We need to have some grace and because there's a lot of nurturing that comes into the reparenting process. There's a lot of, honey, it's going to be okay. You know, like I said to my daughter when she went to college, I need you to protect yourself like you're that infant crawling by a pool and you're the mom. Like I need you to care for yourself in that way because I can't be there with you. You know, I can't be there with you at the party to make sure that the freaking roofie's not dropped in. I can't be there with you. I need you to know that you deserve to be protected like that. Many of us didn't receive that message that we were worthy of loving and nurturing and protecting ourselves in a healthy way. Okay. All right, guys. That's what I've got. It's been a fun month. Um, for anybody who's been watching and, um, you're like, yeah, I want to do more of this healing stuff, how, and you want to reach out. Um, we do, we have programs, we have ways that we work with people. Many people here on this thread work with us privately. Um, so feel free to comment on this thread, ask questions. You can always go to mastermindparenting.com, look at our three different programs and, um, We'll hop on a call with you and let you know if it seems like a fit. Okay. You guys have a great one. Bye. Thanks for listening today, guys. I hope you picked up some tips, tools, maybe some baby steps for creating more balance and boundaries in your life. And I just wanted to let you know, if you want to continue moving the needle forward in creating this for yourself, having a happier household, I want you to go to my website and check out mastermindparenting.com. We have three beginning programs and if you need some accountability and more support, 
then please look for the one that would be a good fit for you. Um, and as always, we're on all the social channels under Mastermind Parenting. On Instagram, it's Mastermind underscore Parenting. Um, and, you know, periodically I do pop up on different Instagram lives, Facebook lives, where I give you teaching and coaching. And I love engaging with you live to help you help your strong-willed kids so that they can feel better because when they feel better, they do better. And um, I love, love, love getting to know you guys. So thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Super, super appreciative.